welcome back to the Notch 20 Review. I am Sinstaku, and with me today is... Countercourse. Cookie. Unit. And we are Final Show Films. We produce, a wide variety of, blah, we produce a wide variety of content every day of the week. Check us out on our website at finalshowfilms.com. You can check us out on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms, on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sinstaku, and on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash sinstaku. So, uh, today, we are all talking about the Age System, A-G-E, Adventure Game Engine. Uh, which is a, a system created by Green Ronin Publishing. Um, I call it Ronin, but they call it Ronin, so we're calling it Ronin. Um, and uh, they uh, published it for Dragon Age specifically. The first, the first instance of this of this system was uh, the Dragon Age Age System, capital A G E Adventure Game Engine. Um, uh, and we played that for a little. We played we played like a short campaign of that. And then we've played a lot more of the Fantasy Age, which is their uh, follow-up to that. Their, uh, the, the initial system was specific to Dragon Age and the Dragon Age world. Uh, and then Fantasy Age was more generic, more open-ended, more customizable. And a bit cleaner. And, and quite a bit cleaner. A um, little bit more complicated, but quite a bit cleaner. <clears throat> um, yeah. And uh, we've been playing it for a while. Uh, you guys have been playing in a, in a home game longer than I have, but I was also, you know, listeners of the podcast know that I uh, I was uh, GMing a Fantasy Age, uh, well, it started off Dragon Age and Fantasy Age conversion module for Mass Effect. So what the so sort of the experiences that we've had here is, is me, I, I think I've, I've been aware of the system the longest of the four of us. You introduced it to the rest of yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have GM'd it, I've played it as a player, I have customized it, modded it, and, and then, you know, run the customized version. Uh, Units has done all of that as well. Yes. because uh, we did the Star Wars one-shot. And I also help with customizing it for the for what we're doing with it now. Yeah. Because I worked with Jonathan on that. And then Pookie and Shadow Course have both played it extensively. And I was also helping with making the Mass Effect conversion. Yes, so. and you also assisted with the conversion, but you haven't GM'd, but you haven't, not I haven't, I haven't GM'd, GM'd it, yeah. yeah. So we've got a, a, a breadth of experience here. Um, so, how do we explain the adventure game, the adventure game engine well, system? 3D6. Yeah, start from the ground. Yeah, 3D6. yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly how we explain it. The adventure game engine is a 3D6 system. Uh, ev- almost everything that you do is a roll of 3d6. So, where in d20 systems you use a d20 to determine, like, say, I, I want to make a jump check, I want to jump across this river, roll d20, add your athletics. Uh, roll d20, add it up, whatever the number is, that's it, and your target number tends to be between 10 and 20 uh, for, for, for most tasks. For 5th for edition, yeah. 3.5 the target number went up to, like, the 50s. Well, yeah, but for most tasks, it was still between 10 and 20, yeah. depending on what it was. Um, and the, the so it's the same thing, just with 3d6 instead of 20 So instead, I want to make a jump check. All right, make a strength jumping check. Uh, all right, so I'm going to roll my 3d6, and I'm going to add my strength attribute to it. And then if I have jumping as a focus, I'm going to add that focus. We're going to break what that down what that means in a second. Um, so, and typically the target number for that is between 8 and 18. Um, really, really, like, supposedly impossible challenges are 20 and above. Or super difficult challenges are 20 and above. Uh, I think impossible is 25. Something like that. Yeah. 16 to 18 is heroic. Yeah. Like, like, 18 is really your maximum realistic goal because that's as high as the dice will roll by themselves. Um... You can have like up to like a plus eight or so if you're really. You can actually you you can have a plus ten. A plus ten is no wait. You can have a plus eleven. A plus eleven is the maximum number of pluses you can get. Yeah, but like realistically speaking, if we're like focused, actually no, plus twelve. Because I forgot about the double focus. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're realistically if you're focused into something and you're like really hard into one attribute, the most you will typically see in like a mid range campaign will be like plus eight. I plus think nine. the highest modifier well, anybody five. in our party is, and we're all level thirteen ish. Yeah, is I have a plus nine. Yeah, to a couple things, and yeah. we've got plus eight. And we got plus eight to a, to a handful of things. But that's those are the things that we are. Specialized. In. So, so yeah, a legend, a legendary feat is probably like twenty five or so, because the I mean the highest we can roll with a plus eight or plus nine is twenty six or twenty seven. Yep. So yeah, uh, so it, it's a, it's a lower number system, and on average, which is nice, which, which is really nice. It's also a much more simple system because again, everything is a d six. So the way it breaks down is um, you have 
your weapons to hit anything, to do anything, any action that you, the player, takes is a 3d6 roll with a target number. Um, then your weapons deal damage, breaking down that 3d6. Uh, weapon damage never go. No, weapon damage naturally never goes higher than 3d6. The lowest damage weapons do 1d6 or 1d3, which is unarmed, which is just a d6 in half. Um, and the highest damage weapons do 3d6. That's it. That's the full scope of damage. Well, plus a you, number, you, depending. Yeah, you, you add you you add numbers depending on the weapon, and you can add dice depending on specific special features. But, but it's not like three five where you can have fifteen different modifiers. Yeah, or, or like where you know, like you have a dagger that does d six, and then you have uh, a lot. Uh, your fists do d four, and your sword does a d eight or a d ten depending on how you hold it, and the axe is a d twelve. Mm-hmm. And you know this, and if you're large, it does two d six, or if you're large, mm-hmm. it does two d eight, or whatever. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's one to three D six and that's it, which is really nice, really simple. Um, the magic system also works on the three D six system. If it does, you know, you, you roll three D six to cast your spell and then the damage that your spell does is one to two D six. Uh, if it's penetrating and if it's not penetrating, it'll go up to three D six and that's it. Again, no more dice except for special circumstances. Um, it, the, the objective of the Adventure Game Engine is to make all the numbers small and simple so that the focus of your game is on the role-playing aspects, on the characterizations, on how you interact with your character and how your character interacts with the world, as opposed to putting all the focus on numbers and, and number crunching and dice rolling. Yeah, the, the mechanical game system is very simple to yeah. kind of draw the focus away from it. It, it, yeah. it also makes it very easy to make judgment calls. I want to do a thing. Well, you have nine stats and... Every role is dependent on one of those nine stats, yep. whichever one's most appropriate. So let's let's go into a bit more of the minutia of the system, just so we can just so you can understand uh, what it's about. Uh, there are three classes. Very simple. Can you guess? They are fighter, war. They are fighter, rogue, or sorry, warrior, rogue, and mage. That's it. Um, each character has eight attributes. I think it's nine. It's eight or nine attributes. Um, and the way you count, and, and, and unlike D20 systems, in D20 systems, your attribute can be, uh, from a 1 to a 20. And, uh, I mean, theoretically it would be higher, but... When we say D20 systems, we're specifically referring to D&D. Yeah, well, there are other systems that use a D20, and they they all fall that same... they typically are based off of D&D. Yeah, D&D set the mold of 3 to 18 base numbers and modifiers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, one to twenty is the number that your skill can be, but the number you actually add as a modifier changes. Uh, Units has this memorized, so I'll let him describe what the numbers are from one to twenty. In fifth edition, it, like, in three five or fifth edition, it's it's yeah. a very standard. Yeah. For every two numbers above ten, it's a plus one. For every two m- numbers below ten, it's a minus one. So up minus five to plus five. If we're talking about second edition, then it's a non-linear progression depending on the stat. So, for example, a 15 strength will give you um, no benefit. A 16 strength will give you a plus one to damage. 17 strength will give you a plus one to attack and damage. An 18 strength will give you a plus one to attack, plus two to damage. And then you add your percentile for exceptional strength, etc., etc., etc. Thank you! <laughs> so I had him explain that so I could explain this. In Dragon Age, your stat is one two, three, four, five. You add one if it's one, two if it's two, three if it's three, four if it's four, five if it's five. Well, don't, 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 don't undersell the system. There's also zero and negative I mean, one. There is zero and negative one, and there's also six, seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> um, you can get an attribute up to nine if you do nothing but focus on that attribute the entire time you're leveling up to 20. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's it. Like, you add what your attribute is. There's no hit, there's no modifier derived from the number or anything like that. You add, you look at the number, my strength's a four. Okay, add four. And Crash can't have a 42 strength. No, he can't. <laughs> because that's silly. Yeah. But, uh, so, so yeah, that, that's, that's the attributes. And, and the attributes are, this is where we figure out what, if it's eight or nine, uh, accuracy, con- uh, not accuracy. It's communication, communication. Communication, dexterity, fighting, might, or sorry, strength, strength. constitution, uh, perception, intelligence, willpower. So that's nine. Yeah. Because you, you have four primary attributes and five. Exactly. Secondary attributes. Yep. 
And yeah, those are the attributes. And they, they, they pretty much do what they say on the tin. And I do like that instead of charisma, it's communication. Or yes. actually the charisma skill is sort of broken down uh, into various aspects of communication. communication. and willpower. Yeah, communication and willpower. Uh, because charisma is typically, it's, it's the strength of your personality. And it sort of was a catch-all. And instead of using that as a catch-all, they split it up, assigning some aspects to willpower, some aspects to communication. And communication doesn't necessarily mean how good-looking you are. It's how well It's how you well communicate. you communicate. Yeah. Which can be used from anything from persuasion to gambling. Yeah. How well you communicate information. Uh, and then willpower is also not how pretty you are. It's how strong your person... How strong or resilient your personality is in specific instances. Which kind of took half of wisdom and half of charisma. Yeah. Which yeah. is, which is uh, one of the better things. Because there's, there's a lot of people who are not good at talking to people... But they're really stubborn. Yeah. So a low charisma score would be really weird for them, but they also are not good at persuading people. Yeah. So So it's like I will not I will never run away from battle, but I can't talk to save my life, you know. I can't be swayed, yeah. but I can't sway. Exactly. And so there's a there's a there's a there's a there's, a, there's a, an interesting balance there. Um Fantasy Age did something that Dragon Age didn't do. So originally in Dragon Age two of those two of those were missing. Um, accuracy and fighting were missing. Uh, and instead, all of your attack rolls with melee were based on your strength, and all of your attack rolls with range were based on your dexterity. Which sort of made dexterity a super stat. Because certain melee attacks use your dexterity. So yeah, you could some do melee your attack, attacks. Your damage and your defense yeah. from one stat. Yeah, because your defense also is increased by dexterity. So what they did in Fantasy Age was they split it up, and accuracy determines your accuracy. With, with light weapons with and range light weapons. weapons and range weapons, and fighting determines your ability to fight with heavier things. Um, so it's sort of it's again splitting apart things and 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 partialing out because again going back to that you know person who is really stubborn but not necessarily very talkative, a person could hit like a mo- like a Mack truck, but, they but not be able to swing. aim for crap. Yeah, like you could have an eight strength but a two fighting. You and, know. And if it sounds like it's a, it's a lot of abilities with nine of them, realize that that's like it's, 80% of your character it's is n- these nine numbers. It's nine numbers that each have a specific field of jobs versus in D&D, six numbers that each have a wide variety of jobs. And yeah. then like 20 skills and yeah. feats yeah. and other stuff. Yeah. And then within, within the attribute, you have focuses. Now, a focus is something that sets you apart from other people. Uh, a focus in, in character, and, and GMs read it different ways, but if, if mechanically, a focus is something that you have trained in extensively, so much so that you get a plus two bonus whenever you do it. And then at later levels, you can double that up to turn it into a plus three. Um, and some people read that as you have to have a focus to do a thing, like when we when we do history checks or history, you know, when we're trying to recall history, we have to, if you don't have historical lore, you can't do it and, unless, unless you, it's common knowledge. Yeah, unless it's something more common knowledge. Uh, you know, things like if you don't have an if you don't have a focus in in bows, you're going to not be really good at shooting it. Like you can't string the bow; you can fire it, but you couldn't string it. Um, things like that, and it, it's it, and what it represents. Story-wise, is it represents something that your character has done often enough that they've gotten particularly skilled at it, so that somebody else of equal measure, like if like a person with the same stat attribute-wise, but not the focus, is still worse at it than you are. And sometimes someone who is slightly better at you with that stat, but doesn't have the focus, you're still better than them because you say five strength versus six strength, but you've got the focus, you still have a higher modifier than they yeah. do. So. And you know it's it's sort of it's a, another one of these places where you can customize your character a little bit more. And quite often, I found focuses are more useful as indications of a player's of a character's mindset than actually for the mechanical benefits. Because most of the time, when you're rolling, the plus two doesn't plus two sometimes helps. The plus two makes a bigger difference early on. Yeah. For example, I have a character who's a thief. He's very acrobatic, but his strength score is not very high. Yeah. Um, and so he has focuses in jumping and climbing. So he can jump and climb like an athletic, strong person, even though he's not athletic or strong. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it makes a bigger difference earlier in the game, but later in the game it's more of a flavorful thing. Like like for your guy, he's, he, he's a cat burglar. Because he's a cat and a burglar. 
Um, but you know, he uh, he he because he's a cat burglar, he's going to be able to do that climbing thing that somebody else who might be more naturally gifted at climbing could do, but not uh, not with the same sort of finesse or style that you do. Of course. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. You know, uh, that's what the focus is really mean for a lot of people uh then there are derived stats that you get from these there's your defense speed uh it's basically your defense and speed yeah your combat stats defense is based on your dexterity your speed is also based on your dexterity uh they interact with your armor uh one thing that uh fantasy age or the age system has done that's very interesting that has been done in a few other systems, but not I can think quite of, the I same way. I can think way. of Shadowrun and maybe one or two other well, ones. Well, well, the other ones do it differently because they refer to it as soak. So what, what this is, is uh, armor. Is actually armor. Armor is, is what, we, if, you're, if you're in D20 parlance, is actually uh, damage reduction. So basically, your defense is the, is the target number for somebody to hit you, and then if they hit you, your armor reduces the amount of damage you take, which is really important because the numbers are so small, including your health. Uh, like, we're level 12. I don't know, we have, like, we're level 12. With 100 health. That's... At level 12. Like, there, there in, at, le- at level 12 in D&D, you'd have a range of, like, 60 to 70 health to 180. Yeah, like, yeah. like at level 12, two of us. No, one of us has over 100 hit points. The other two have 90. <laughs> I have seventy something. Yeah, I was gonna say I've got like eighty something. Yeah, I've got I've got I've got ninety. I think Fuagi also has ninety, and then he I've got has over four. So actually, no, I think I think I've also got a hundred. Yeah, we, I think both of us have broken a hundred. Yeah. Anyway, Anyways, we're getting off track. Regardless, uh, because the numbers are so small, armor is really important. Now, uh, there are other systems that use armor in a similar way, where it acts as damage reduction, but most of the time it's used as soak, which means rather than it just a flat damage reduction, you actually roll dice to determine if the armor does anything. Uh, in this case, it's just flat re- flat reduction. It's just like uh, Iron Kingdoms. Yeah, like an Iron Kingdom. Yeah, I think Shadowrun also. Like Shadowrun no, and Shadowrun, Iron... no, Shadowrun is dice, isn't it? Yeah. In Shadowrun is... Fifth Ed. Fifth Ed Shadowrun it's is a flat reduction. reduction. In Fifth Ed, it's a flat reduction. Fifth Ed Shadowrun, not Fifth Ed. Yeah, fifth ed, fifth ed Shadowrun. In Fourth Ed Shadowrun, it's a, it's it's a, a silk roll. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's sort of a really interesting concept. It, it, and it stepped away from D and D. It lot. stepped very far. Actually, away from it D&D. didn't even start in the same zip code. No, no. it's not D and D, and it's nice to have a system that's not D and D. Yes, it's very much not D and D. So after that, there are things called talents. Uh, talents are they're your feats, basically. Yeah, they're basically your they're they're, they're your feats and your abilities. Talents are trees that you can get that you can put points into as you level up to get specific skills that make you better at other things than others. For instance, uh, two-handed weapons. Uh, let you know you put a point into it, and now when you hit somebody with a two-handed weapon, you can fling them around like a baseball. And it's uh, worth <laughs> noting that these talent trees very rarely give significant numerical bonuses. No, no, no. It's often a it's often changing the way a mechanic already works. Yes. So it's not just. I take this, I take this, my damage goes ways up. It's like, okay, I might get plus one to attack or plus one to defense. The real trick is I can do cool things with it. Yeah. I can reroll a stealth check if I fail. I can baseball bat a giant creature into a tree. Yeah. So it's they're more interesting than just like the feats or bonus abilities you get yeah. in the system. And they come in they come in two flavors. They come in actually they come in three flavors. They come in standard talents which anybody can take providing you meet the requirements uh magic talents which only mages can take and which determine what spells they have you don't learn specific spells you learn spells in a tree and the more advanced you are in that tree the more powerful spells you get uh so it so it doesn't end up with a thing where like in D I can have a mage who's completely focused on fire spells but he also has lightning bolt and call lightning or whatever um it's like you it remains in flavor you start with the weaker spells of that element, you continue on. And then there are specialization talents. So at level 3 and at level 12, you pick a specialization. And then over the course of the next few levels, you, you automatically level up that specialization's talent. You don't pick anything. Specializations are just another thing that can make those three starting classes feel vastly separate from one another. 
And they're things like Sword Mage for Mages, uh, Arcane Scholar for Mages, uh, Knights for Warriors, Berserkers, uh, berserkers you know. Uh, for Rogues, they had the Thief and the Assassin. And so they're these flavorful things that drastically branch you out away from that core Warrior Rogue Mage. And again, same thing with the other talents. They give you interesting bonuses. Sometimes they give you a straight point bonus, but not always. There's never... None of them are strictly better than any other. They all have their benefits. They all have their downsides. Um, And that's the game. No. The most important and most distinctive element. The most important thing of the game. That's right. Stunting. So... Because the game is rolled on 3d6, you can't really critical hit or critical fail. At least the odds of it are extremely low. Yeah. I don't know. If you roll trip ones... Well, I mean, that's not really... It's not what you would consider a critical fail, but... um, So, what they've implemented is a stunt system, which works as thus. You have three dice. One of these dice is different from the others. Doesn't matter how it's different... Just as long as you, the player, and everybody else can tell it's the different dice. Usually it's a different color or a different size. It depends. Yeah, or it has a different numbering scheme. Whatever. Um, When you roll your dice, if any of the three dice are doubles, you've stunted. And you've stunted for a number of points equal to the stunt die, the action die, the dice that is different. You then have a chart for which you can use those stunts. And they have stunts for combat, exploration, role-playing, and magic. And these stunts do things like, oh, add another d6 to your damage, or uh, roll again, and if you succeed this time, you particularly shut up the person you're talking to. Things with the role-playing stunts. Or things like knocking prone, knocking disarming, prone, disarming, taking defense. Yep. All sorts of little fun, like skirmish is the cheapest one that lets you move things around. Yeah. It lets you do so much more than just you do extra damage. And that's an option. Yeah. Mighty blow, lethal blow. But there's other interesting, like, stay aware. Yeah. Immediately make a perception check to notice unique things on the battlefield. And and unless you do things like like what I did in one bat- in one fight where I, I crossed the well, entire, well, most of the battlefield. I crossed the entire battlefield in one move because I used skirmish, which lets you move additional spaces. Um... And so I, what, what, what should have taken me two turns to get to a particular point... Actually, I crossed the whole battlefield and hit a guy. What should have taken me two turns to get to this guy and hit him took me one turn because I rolled particularly well and strategically used my stunt points. It adds a level of strategy to the game that isn't really present in any other role-playing game because now you've got this variable system that you can access if you roll well. And it happens a lot more than critting. Yes, it does. The chances are a lot because it's like a rolling two. I don't do rolling, the math, but it's like a one in three. Rolling two of the same number on three dice. It's it's really a common occurrence. Yeah, and also you can do that without rolling high. So you know sometimes you just miss. Yeah, like trip ones. Oh, I stunted for one, but I also failed horribly. Yeah, and stunts only go off if you succeed in the roll. So, uh, yeah, that's that. That's it. That's the full extent of the thing. It took us like 10 minutes to explain what this was. Uh, yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting system. So let's talk about our first impressions of it, starting with Pookie. Hi. Hi. Because it's been mostly the three of us talking, so you can yes, talk Yes, it has. Um, uh, I had something to say. <laughs> and then you guys talked. Sorry. Um, that's okay. Uh, first impressions... Yeah. This is like the easiest system I've ever played. Mm-hmm. I love it because I, it is extremely straightforward. And I mean, you just described how to play it, but I love the three dice and just you add your strength, you add your fighting. Yeah, three dice add it's, one number. <laughs> two if I, you have a focus. I love how basic it is. Well, and the thing with the focus is even if like the focus is always the same number. Yes. So it's like Add your focus. But yeah. Um, I think that's just first impressions for me. Alright. I had a very mixed first impression of this game. Um, It's definitely a game that I can play with anybody. Uh, This is is not an RPG system that requires a lot of effort to learn. So if you're playing with people who are unfamiliar with RPG systems or just with 
role-playing tabletop uh, pen and paper RPGs as a whole, then this is a game that's really easy for them to learn, really easy for them to pick up and start going with. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple other things that I don't like as much, but we'll get into that later. Uh, but yeah, my first impression is that this is a very simple, very easy to learn game that you can just pick up and go with anybody. Now, Eunice is next, and I know that his first impression of the game and his current impression are of the very game different. are vastly different. Yes. So I'm going to give two first impressions. My first impression, very first impression, was when I read this and just jiggled it a little bit. My very first impression was, man, this is super limiting. <laughs> because the rules don't have a lot in them, and they're... They're very loose. It's it, it's not just that they're loose. It's like, what do you mean? I only have these stats. I don't have special abilities and stuff. Um, and to be fair, with Dragon Age, I'm I immediately like dexterity was super stat, just straight up. Yeah, yeah. And it was. It was. And they fixed that. So yeah. I appreciate that because um, I made a dexterity based character in Dragon Age who was impossible to hit and did way more damage than any right to. <laughs> um, but. First impression after playing after playing Fantasy Age specifically was this system is so flexible. Mm -hmm. They took now Dragon Age had problems and a lot of the problems in Dragon Age did shoehorn it and they fixed it a lot in Fantasy Age. The stunt system though makes it really flexible. There's so many things that you can do. It's so easy to learn. And first impression from DMing, it's so easy for someone to say, "I want to try this." Look at the sheet. Well, there's not really a uh, there's no talent for that, but you know what? That's just a strength check, yeah. or you know what? That's a perception check, yeah. or that's a whatever check. And it's so easy; you don't have to search through a list of twenty skills. You don't have to kind of pigeonhole things. It's very much in the vein of the second edition rules, in that it's DM's option for whatever, and which which is kind of how it's made to fit any world, to fit any DM. Yep, to fit and any so, style. DMing it is great, yeah, because you can do whatever you want to. It, it's it's definitely the most fun I've ever had DMing a thing. So, uh, my first impression of the game, I loved it. Like, I was definitely way more positive about the game when I first mm -hmm. saw it than everybody else was. Uh, but but part of that was because it was in the Dragon Age wrapping, and I love Dragon Age. Um, but what I really liked about it was the sort the the was the the openness that anything goes sort of yes. cowboy mentality it has. Um, and the stunts, man. And it's like, well, and reading through it at first, it was like, it was like sort of, sort of kind of irritating because like, oh, well, I'm thinking of 15,000 different things that could be in here that aren't in there. But then I realized it doesn't matter if they're not in there. I just say they exist. There's nothing stopping them from existing. And when you hit that realization, it's like, oh, Right. It's very freeing. And, and Fantasy Age was written in a way that encouraged that a lot more yeah. than yeah. Dragon Age was written in a way that seemed very limiting. Yeah. And just changing the verbiage made such a big difference. Yeah. So like once I, I was really I was really gung ho about it when I first saw it. I really loved the dice. The dice were fantastic. I still use well, I would still use them if I could find them. Um I think they have them. I, I I think they're over there, but anyways. Um anyways, the uh the 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 system was it looked like a lot of fun it was like it was very much like sort of a rock star system just like really loose and whatever you want to do uh, and I liked that so let's talk about things that we liked which can be still can be reiterations of our first impressions but let's go a little bit deeper than that so Pookie what do you like about the system um, I like a lot of things I love the stunts um, for a big reason I find them. I find it easier to get a stunt mm -hmm. than a crit. Yeah. <laughs> Statistically, it's, it's like a one in three chance to stunt. <laughs> yes. It's a lot easier because I think, like, we had one battle the other night where I rolled, like, three or four stunts in a row. Yeah. So it's it's nice just for once to be able to do a little more damage. <laughs> um, Says the person who psychically ripped people apart in our Pathfinder games. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a Tuesday for me. <laughs> anyway, um, I love uh, I love how open the game is, mm -hmm. like the structure of it. I feel like 
And it also depends on the DM. But I feel like you can do almost anything. You can make almost any character that you want and mold them the way that you want them with very few restrictions mm-hmm. because of this game. Okay. Uh, I definitely, uh, I strongly enjoyed, again, I mentioned this in the first impressions, the ease of access of this game. Um, it's, you don't need a lot of materials. You need three six-sided dice and six-sided dice are the easiest kind to come across. Yeah. Um, Steal from Monopoly if you need to. <laughs> Um, and the character generation is a very simple process that doesn't take a whole lot. So the, the actually getting everything down and ready to go is a very quick, very easy thing to do. It's very, um, you can get someone who has never played a tabletop pen and paper RPG ready to go in an hour. How long did it take you guys to get Rudy ready? An hour. <laughs> like, it was like one afternoon. It was no more than two hours. Like they, they, well, it, it was Rudy. Was honestly, to we, get everybody. Ready. We were playing, yeah. and he just sort of caught up. Yeah. And this is this is this is a friend of ours with no role playing experience at all. Yeah. And well, now he has some. And now he has some. But and he's it was, good too. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, literally just great. We we were playing, and he saw, and he caught up with us because it's as easy as it looks. Yeah. It's it's very much like it took us. An, an afternoon, a couple of hours to get everyone who was in our party get all their characters ready. Yep. Bam. Um, and, and to teach the DM the system. Yeah, because the DM had never played the system before. Yep. Uh, so it's very much. It is probably currently the easiest to learn pen and paper role playing game on the market, because there's a lot there's a lot of role playing games that are like this is super easy. There's not a lot of rules to it, but then it's just like throw you to the dogs like GURPS is very much you have these rules good luck invent everything yourself yeah fantasy age has a very good blanket system that gives you examples and shows you how the game works but then gives you that freedom to work everything yourself yeah um so things i really like so fifth edition D&D is kind of the the other going system for simplified system. Yeah. I have very mixed feelings on 5th edition D&D. I feel like a lot of their simplification messed things up. It made things generic. Well, it, it made everybody's yeah. a hero, blah, blah, blah. I have problems with it. I feel like the age system did what 5th edition D&D was trying to do. They made a system that anybody can do anything... And they can do it easily. They can learn it quickly. It's easy to bring new people in. Um, it's really fun. Uh, when I when I brought this to the attention, uh, there, there's a world that we've I've got a friend. He we've all got a friend. He's created this world and he wanted to do a role playing game of it. And he was worried because he was only familiar with Pathfinder <coughs> and he was like, "Oh my goodness, you know, how do I finagle all these rules?" And it's like, "Here's this system, <laughs> just sitting there waiting for you." to use it and he didn't have he barely made any modifications like okay well here's the new races any other changes I'll make as we go and he really hasn't had to make all that many changes um even modding it for like the Star Wars thing it's just here's new arcanas and we'll modify the mage to be cool with lightsabers yeah you know it's it's so easy to make it anything the rules are written in a the DM can do whatever they want it's so fun to dm because it's whatever you want to do yeah um that's that's that 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 is my favorite thing about it is the the ease of dming and uh looking at it from i made a mass effect conversion for this in mass effect you have space wizards that throw things around with their brains um and boy did we throw things around with our brains like like it was as simple as um Okay, what happens if I throw this guy into a wall? Well, the system that we have in place would have had him going six six more yards beyond that. Uh, so he'll take a d6 for every yard he would have taken. Or a d6 for every two yards he would have taken. You know, it's like... It's just it's something as simple as... The, as yeah. And it's really easy to scale when everything boom. is 1 to 3 d6. I'm like, okay, well, he's hitting a hard metal surface at high speed. That yeah. sounds really painful. Three d six seems appropriate. Yeah, like he's he, he would have he would have gone six more feet behind. 
3d6. I don't need math or calculations Boom. at all. I just pull a number out of my hair. Exactly. And, like, the, 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 the most fun thing about uh, the system from the DM's perspective uh, is how easy it is to make an enemy. Uh, once you have a general idea of how tough your, your heroes are, all you need to make an enemy is a hit points, a hit point pool. If you're having a lot of them, lower than theirs. If you're having a few of them, higher than theirs. Then, uh, a attack bonus of plus five to plus eight for whatever they're doing. And then, a special ability. Whether it is, well, there's a lot of them and they're weak, so they all, when one of them stunts, they all get to attack. Or there's one of them and it's big, so he gets his armor even against penetrating damage. You guys haven't run into any of that, have you? Yet. I'm the only one that does that. Well, no, no. Well, no. Uh, like, so there are, there are enemies in the book that keep their armor even if you're trying to pierce their armor. Yeah, yeah. Like in, in in those enemies, when you have when you have a group that's reliant on piercing armor, they can be tough. I think we run into that once in Anatole. Yeah, there's there's one enemy that ran into that had that. Yeah, so you know it's it's that's as simple as it is. It was the bone dragon. Yeah, I just made I just made three enemies in the span of a, a minute or two, and just then you just roll the dice, and what happens happens. Keep track of the hit points. Um, it's so really easy to just on the fly do things. Uh, so let's talk about things we don't like. Things you don't like. I keep racking my brain and I can't think of anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. Is there anything I, at all you don't like? I'm sure there's something. I honestly can't think of anything right now. Okay. I'm well, there sorry. we go. That's an endorsement from Pookie. Well, there we go. If you think of something, we'll come back to you. Okay. So maybe somebody else will say something that'll take it off. I, I, I do I do legitimately have things that I dislike about the game, which right. is it, it's a nuanced position. Um so the 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 big flaw of this game for me is it's a flaw that I have with a lot of with a lot of systems. It's a flaw that I had with Shadowrun, where when you make everything so general, there's less of a this drastically changes how things work like even the talents they change the way the game plays but for instance one of my favorite classes in the wow rpg system is the pyre master who yeah. becomes immune to and then healed by fire damage yeah so how do i work i set everything on fire <laughs> yeah, there's nothing quite that drastic drastic like the, the the when you when you make the game more broad and more general so that everyone can access to it you lose a certain degree of specialization and extreme change. Yeah. Uh, which I am very fond of, and I understand that's a trade-off that you make when you're playing Fantasy Age. Uh, but that is probably my, my biggest gripe with the system, is that you lose a certain degree of very deep, very game-changing options. Yeah. Um, I mean, I see that point. I personally like the kind of general anybody can do anything in, in this sense, that you can still specialize. He this, didn't originally. No, I didn't originally. <laughs> well, originally, I originally that was because I was concerned about the what my problems with fifth edition D and D were my original concerns for this game. Yeah, which we're not reviewing that. So, um, yet I have a couple things that I don't like about the game. Um, one of the big ones is um, number one in combat. They're very reliant on doing special things as something you do with stunts. And I'm like, well, I want to disarm this character. But to do that, I have to attack them and then stunt. And so y y there's kind of this play around with, well, do I let them just attack as a disarm instead of an attack? And because it's a stunt, there's a little bit of play around with that uh, that I'm not as big of a fan on. Because it, stunts are really cool. But the game becomes very stunt reliant sometimes. Yeah, it's like you have to stunt to do the cool thing you want to. And and, and at that point, it's a GM call. Yeah. So, my other problem with the game is, um, the specializations are very combat focused. They are very like the specializations for the for the rogue are assassin, swashbuckler, uh, and deadshot, and thief. No, is there not a thief? There's one no thief. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I can shoot people well, I can murder people one on one, or I can fight with panache. I'm like, my character is a pacifist. Yeah, I want to be communications. And there's, there's no, 
communication specializations. Well, There's, there is, but it's in the warrior. Ironically, yes. Yeah. The knight. <laughs> Um, I, I just feel like there's not enough... There's so many talents that do cool things. I'm like, ooh, well, I can take this talent that lets me re-roll deception checks. I can take this talent that lets me make contacts in these places. I can take this talent. There's not that same selection and specializations. And I feel like their, their specializations are like a, a tease. Like, you have to make your own specializations to really get a whole bunch that you want. And maybe that's the point. But I, just, I wish that there were a few more. Ah, that was that was my second dislike was that the game throws a lot on the DM because yes. it, it gives you this big field of selection of this like this big this big wide set of rules and it's like we don't have everything for you because we just made the baseline make the rest yourself. Yes, it, yeah. there's definitely a lot of that in Fantasy Age, and that's where, where Dragon Age because I had three expansion books did have a lot. Like there's the Shadow, which uh, by the way we've I've started using things from Dragon Age because yeah it had more things in it, and I wish that they brought more of that. Yeah, and I'm sure they will in the future expansion. I'm sure they will in the future They're expansion. still in their first book. Yeah. So that's that's <clears> my <throat> other big complaint. Yeah, and just stunts and stuff. It's it, and but I guess both those complaints are it puts a lot on the DM. It makes the DM make the call, which is fine, but it means that you have to have with any loose system, you have to have a very good DM who is very willing to make a lot of calls or just. Basically, your game experience in Dragon Age changes much more drastically from DM to DM than most other systems. Do. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's not intimidating for new DMs, but the DM has to be very fly by the seat of their pants. Yeah, uh, ru- this is not a rules sticklers game. No, which I enjoy, but um, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that you have to do to work to make the game good. So for me, I, it, I, my, my, my issues will also answer some of that. Those issues uh, are the reasons behind them. Um, is going back to the specializations and the talents. Uh, the reason why there aren't a whole lot of specializations, I found this out, is because they had to work very hard to make sure the specializations didn't directly counteract one another. Because as it is, some of the specializations already are redundant. Yes. Things like, uh, so the knight is a specialization you can take. And the knight is the communication focus specialization for the warrior. And the first thing you get at journeyman level of knight is the ability to threaten opponents one-on-one for one stunt point. Which is normally it's a, two to- it's normally it's a two stunt point stunt. Um, and you can do that. And you can also substitute a focus of etiquette for the normal one, which is intimidation. Warriors automatically get the ability to threaten for one stunt point at level 5. So you're getting it two levels early. Kind of like there's, a, there's, a, there's an ability for rogues. Rogues or automatically it, add or, intelligence to yeah. damage, and there's a specialization that adds, adds, intelligence, a, adds intelligence to, to damage. damage. Yeah, or to the attack. No, to damage. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. They're both add intelligence to damage. I'm like, yeah. that's... Uh, 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 so, it, yeah, it's it's... Well, it's intelligence. To, one of them is add intelligence to your special to your sneak attack damage, and the other one is add intelligence to your regular damage. Yeah. Which then does that stack? I don't know. Ask the GM. So yeah, there's a lot of redundancy in the system, and it feels like they were working really hard to not be very redundant, and they still ended up being redundant in certain places, uh, which I think is why there are so few specializations because the talents are so broad, and they didn't want to have any of those talent abilities get stuck into a specialization. Um, but yeah, it's it's. The knight, you know, there's at least one specialization for each class, except for mage, that has a redundant ability. Um, and then, at least for the warriors, I don't know about the other ones, for the warriors, almost none of their specializations play well with the others. Because the warriors, in order to make warriors do something more than just hit a thing every turn, they get to activate uh, ability stances. And a lot of their, like, two of their four specializations have activate ability stances and the other two one of them is a communication focus and one of them is a mage hunter so and the, ma- the mage hunter is a, i think a is a, a mechanical attacker. failure because it's a guns it's it, a gunsman it's a gunsman and like he doesn't do except for his master level ability except for his master level ability he doesn't actually do anything to mages uh, he just shoots things um so yeah, it like the, the specializations at least for the warriors don't play well with those, and I don't think I, the the rogues do. 
Like, an assassin deadshot still plays well but with itself. the problem is, all the rogue specializations are do combat. the same thing. They're yeah. all combat. And the mage specializations are all very unique and very interesting. The, yeah, the mage specializations... And they're they, the only ones. They nailed it. <laughs> so, But so. at the same time, I feel like it's also because the mages don't get a lot of abilities in their level up. They just get more spells. Yeah. yeah. But their spells do cool things. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, but that mean, but by that, by that coin, then, when you add a specialization, you're adding abilities, and the mage doesn't get a lot of abilities, yeah. so you get new stuff as the mage. That's it's right. it's That's really right. hard to be redundant with the mage when they don't get stuff to be redundant with. It's true. Yes. That, and that, that, that was their solution. But yeah, so... That's my biggest problem with it. And then again, you know, echoing everybody else that it puts a lot on the GM. It puts a lot on the GM. Like DMing, DMing, uh, DMing 5th Ed versus DMing uh, the age system. 5th Ed requires less than half the amount of energy uh, the age system does. I'm not going to lie, I found... Random encounter, random encounter generators that work great. It's like, let's generate a dungeon. Let's generate encounters. Because yeah. all the rules are right there. Yeah, it's like, bam, 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 take that, go. Whereas in, in the age system, there is no random encounter or random dungeon generator. You just have to plan it. You have to, you have to guess around the area what will be a threat to this party at this time. Yeah. Like there's, there's, also, there's no ch- challenge ratings in... I mean, there is. There is a challenge rating. It's just... Uh, it goes from laughable to will kill you. <laughs> also, uh, I forgot my other problem. Everybody in the age system is good at combat. Yes. My character's a pacifist and has taken no combat abilities. And he has massive combat abilities just by default. Because being, you're being a rogue, yeah. Because I'm a rogue, so I do a whole bunch of damage. What? Mages are the only ones that aren't good at combat. Or can be not good at combat. Yeah. And that's... That's kind of that's kind of a, a fault of having a three class system and yeah. no ability to interact between classes. Yeah, no. You can't you can't multi class. You cannot be a rogue and a mage. Yeah. And most of the specializations don't give you like none of the specializations if you're not a mage give you any access to spellcasting. Yeah. So uh, did you did you think of anything while we were talking? No, just bunnies and happiness and murder. Yay, bunnies, happiness, and murder. So let's talk about uh, materials. What it takes to play a age system game. Well, you can get the PDF of the rules for like twenty bucks. Fifteen. Fifteen. Which is all you need. You can get a PDF of the rules for fifteen bucks. And three D six and you can get a stack of D six for like five. You need well, I realistically you need sixty six. Because there is there are rare occasions where you will add three D six to your damage. If you have the game of risk, it has three red dice and two white dice. That's enough. That's all the dice you need. Yep. Um you need yeah, but you need you need sixty six for the rare occasions where you need to roll more than just three d six, or you can just recycle. So really, no, you only need three d six. One um, of which is a little bit different. One of which is a different color. Which literally, you can take red sharpie to and then d6. you need then you need paper, and that's it. Oh yeah, and the character sheet's one page. Uh, yeah, it's one page. It can be two pages, but it, there's also a one page version with nothing on the back. Everything's on the front. Everything is right where you need it. So yeah, materials. Pretty good. Amazing. Fifteen bucks, <laughs> and it's a de- it's it's a full size rule book. Yeah, like it has everything. There's no DMG. There's no monster manual. Sometimes I wish there were those resources, but and of course there 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 you know you can get physical books as well. The physical book is nice to have, um, but yeah, you can get it all online at greenroadingpublishing.com. Um, it's a really great system. So final fifteen dollars is amazing price. Final opinions and review scores. It's awesome, bunnies, rainbows, and murder. Um, I'd give it an A minus. Put that on the back of the box. It's awesome, bunnies, rainbows, and murder. A minus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Pookie gives it an A minus. I also give it an A minus. Like I said, it's really good, really easy to pick up, really easy to just roll into system. But it's got a couple of flaws that don't fit with my personal playstyle. I really like in RPG systems when I am unique. I like to be someone that has a special ability, something that changes the way I play the game. You like to be a special little snowflake. Yes. I like to set <laughs> things on fire and then find nourishment in the flames. <laughs> um, for me to give this a grade, I'm trying to think of the, the, the closest RPG system to compare it to, which I think is Shadowrun. Um, actually, the closest RPG system to compare it to would probably be Fantasy Flight Systems, 
uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars stuff. Edge of the Empire. Edge of the Empire stuff. Yeah, I mean it's in that general vein of loose, that you know, like minimal class type stuff. I do prefer Shadow Run to this yeah. as far as being an open any class thing, but I also like a lot of complexity. Yeah. Um, it definitely did what it meant to do. It definitely does what it wants to do well, so I give it an A. But it has a bunch of little things that once you play it for a while, like, I want to fix this, and you can't fix it, but it makes you fix it. So I'm going to give it an A- minus for that. Mm-hmm. Same as the other two. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Cause, uh, so yeah, like I, I, I also prefer Shadowrun to this, but I prefer Shadowrun because it's a cyberpunk game. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about how much I love cyberpunk. Um, and sci-fi. Uh, but, yeah, it does what it set out to do. It's very, it's very easy. It's very flexible. It's very, you know, welcoming. I enjoy playing it. There's, I, I enjoy playing it way more than I enjoy DMing it. Which is a thing to say. But I enjoy playing it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to my character dying so I can make a new character. But, <laughs> which won't happen. It happens with you a lot. I, I always want my characters to die so I can make new characters. Um, but... Because I have, again... Cause then you shouldn't have built a high hit point, high defense character. I know, right? He almost died. Um, but yeah, I have this, like... I, like, when a, a game inspires me to make characters, that's a good thing. I think that's a really good sign of the character, of the system, that I want to play it so much that I want to make 15 different characters for it. So I'm also giving it an A-. minus. Solid one grade. <laughs> it's not a bad grade. No, it's, it's a pretty good grade, I yep. think. So buy this game, play it. So yeah, fifteen dollars, you can't beat it. My goodness, like you... yeah, it's fifteen dollars. I think the book is twenty five. Like the hard copy. I think the book hard copy like book is twenty five, which is good. They accounted for physical costs when they when they set the PDF price. It's like yes, it doesn't have physical cost. We can cut the price. Yeah, looking at you, Steam store. <laughs> what are you talking about? Full retail price for a, for a digital game that is not forever. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, the age system, it's good, get it. <laughs> I think, also put that on the back of the box. I was about it's good, to say, get it. now that's on the front of the box. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we enjoy it, and uh, we're gonna go play it some more tomorrow. So, yeah, it's good. This has been a Functional Films Nine Twenty podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we do a, we produce a wide variety of content every day of the week. Check us out on our website at FunctionalFilms.com. Also check us out on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms and on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sinstaku and on our Twitch page at twitch.tv slash sinstaku. Um, we produce a wide variety of content. I just said that. Uh, we can only do all the things that we do thanks to you, the listener and the viewer and the other uh, the listener, the, other. the, the other. viewer. Yes. We have one listener, the listener, one. the viewer, and the other, <laughs> and, and um, the patron. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and especially thanks to our uh, uh, to Chris Comfort and Tonic, our two twenty five dollars supporters. So thanks a lot, and we will see you all next time. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.